Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin. But check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin-only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. What are we going to do in the future if, if, if our kids don't understand how money really works? Like we have no hope of really changing things and having the, letting a, them have a better future. We want to make an impact. We want to impact as many kids and honestly adults too. Because when we talk with these uh, at meetups and when we go to homeschooling conferences and talk to, we're talking to parents there too. Everybody really needs the education. We're going to keep doing our part to make a difference to teach as many people as we can. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Scott Lindbergh, who, along with his wife, Tali, is the founder of Free Market Kids. Free Market Kids has the mission of giving the next generation the knowledge and tools to maximize their chances for freedom, success, and happiness. They have a selection of games, books, and apparel, with their flagship product being the game Hoddle Up. Scott and Tali describe homeschooling as taking self-custody of education. They're on a mission to introduce Bitcoin to others with their products and through in-person events. They travel to meetups regularly and recently presented Bitcoin at a homeschooling convention. Their goal is to visit all 50 states before the 2024 halving. And recently, Scott released an article connected to the similarity between Bitcoiners and homeschoolers in Bitcoin magazine. And that article should be linked in the show notes below. Of course, if you're not a homeschooler, don't worry. Free Market Kids is not just for the homeschool community, but as the article that Scott wrote highlights, there are a lot of similarities between Bitcoiners and homeschoolers. Before we get to our interview with Scott, we have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, and this week it is the Kentuckiana Bitcoin Club, the Kentucky Derby, the Louisville Slugger, and now a Bitcoin-only meetup. What more could you want from the home of Muhammad Ali and Jennifer Lawrence? Kentuckiana Bitcoin Club is a new Bitcoin-only meetup for those in the greater Louisville and southern Indiana area. The meetup is new and the Bitcoiners are pure. Their kickoff event was in February with scheduled events every month. The format is light and casual. The restaurant location has a great menu, easy parking, and a private room so people can actually hear each other talk. They cover material including podcasts, books, and other resources like Me Premier Bitcoin to ensure discussions provide value to no coiners, new coiners, and OGs. They also play the Bitcoin game Hoddle Up with a small bit refill reward for the winners. You can find out more about the Kentuckiana Bitcoin Club on Twitter at KentuckianaBTC or on their meetup page. And if you'd like to find a Bitcoin meetup near you, I encourage you to download the Oshi app where you'll be able to do just that. Now we're going to get to our interview with Scott right after this. 
business owners. Unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Josh. Great to be here. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yeah, game on. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Me, I, I never got into any other types of coins. I listened to a lot of audible books and podcasts. And one of the ones I used to listen to was the Investor Podcast with Preston Pish. And this is when he was doing just the value investing and they would have quarterly panels and he would come on and he would, he kept saying, Hey, what's this Bitcoin thing? And I believe that was like the, really the first time that I would, that I was really listening to someone actually talking about it specifically. And then they would go on with just fantastic guests. I mean, he had plan B, Jeff Booth, Lynn Alden, uh, Luke Groman. I can't remember all the great guests. And that would lead to books. And then from there, essentially around 2020, the fire was lit. I went way down the rabbit hole with more audible books and more podcasts. And then it just kept, I just kept going deeper and deeper. But the fire was really lit because of listening to Preston Pish say, hey, what is this thing? And then bringing on just those awesome, awesome guests. Question number two is this. What's an insight or fact that you wish everyone knew about Bitcoin? When I hear this question, I think of people in my life who are no coiners. Maybe they've heard Tali and I talk about it and I try to put myself in their shoes. And the thing that I wish that they would understand is that Bitcoin will change, change your life because when you, once you start to study it, it's going to bring you clarity. That clarity is going to probably lead to some frustration with our current system. Then it's going to lead you to hope, at least it did for me. And then ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to get to a point where you can't unsee it. You're going to be compelled to like a call to action. And we can talk about this later, uh, for me personally, but once you realize what is going on, you're, you're going to say, okay, what am I going to do now that I have this knowledge, what am I going to do? And so specifically mental frameworks matter the four i mean put the four minute mile wasn't possible until it was human flight wasn't possible until it was a decentralized ledger wasn't possible until there was bitcoin and now a decentralized social media platform wasn't possible but here's noster and when you you realize that you can't unsee it and to me going back to the, the actual question when you realize that bitcoin is immutable it is really immutable. And how many of our problems, whether we're talking about inflation or what's going to go on with artificial intelligence, et cetera, um, Bitcoin is going to change your life. And I, I really wish people, I could get them to see that. Once they're down the rabbit hole, they already get it. But before they get there, how do you get that across to them that, man, I really wish you'd understand Bitcoin is going to change your life. So you may have already answered this in question number one, but question number three is what is the Bitcoin resource that you most recommend to other people? I love reading in podcasts and I will read those for, for hours. But when I put myself in the shoes of others, um, I actually, I actually kind of think of it this way. 
the new adopters, the next people on the, the phase of the adoption curve probably don't look like me. They probably are not going to be on Twitter and podcasts and and now even in Nostra. So the, the thing I recommend the most is the price of tomorrow. And the reason for that is I think Jeff Booth is able to articulate first principles in such a normal person speak that it just gives you a framework that helps make you ready to accept this really strange thing called Bitcoin. And so I, I, I just think it helps the, it just helps a lot. It helped me personally. So I, I usually start there just because I'm trying to think of what the other person is, is thinking about. I, I find that when I listen to Bitcoiners just do the verbal diarrhea of facts and memes and things on a no coiner, they shut down. It's really off-putting. I, I, I don't think it's effective. And, and again, if I look at those, the next phase of the adoption curve, we have to set that framework. And I just think Jeff Booth, he, he's not super technical, but he's a first principles guy. And Price of Tomorrow really does a great job of, of kind of saying, here's what's going on. And then that is the context. Then you can follow up with, well, what do you do with this collision of of the technology and the monetary system. Well, Bitcoin. <laughs> so it's, mm -hmm. uh, that's where I usually like to start people. So I really like that approach. I like the book. It's been recommended before, but recently I was talking with someone who was, uh, you know, probably late teens, early twenties, but someone who's willing to kind of think through things. And that's, that's true with a lot of late teens, early 20 year olds, but not all of them. And it was really interesting the thing that 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 stood out to him was when I started talking about the deflationary trajectory with AI. And I think that Jeff Booth's book, mm -hmm. The Price of Tomorrow, really connects well with that. Like technology is getting cheaper and easier, free, you know, almost near free for a lot of things we used to pay a lot of oh money for. Mm -hmm. and, and and now we have AI coming out like it never has before. Chat GPT, we can do all sorts of things. And yes. all of a sudden, the question is, when when things are so easy to create, machines are able to do so much for us, you know, what does that what does the world look like when you also have inflationary money? It becomes a scary thing. And that's why Bitcoin all of a sudden makes a whole lot more sense in a world with AI. So just want to say that, you know, that, that's mm -hmm. one of those things that mm -hmm. I think it becomes a very valuable way to begin talking to people about Bitcoin where you don't have to throw out that verbal diarrhea. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I was actually thinking about the, the AI because it does more than just write up a, a blog post for you. You can write code with it. You can do research with it. And this is just the, the start, the next generation of AI is going to be that much more powerful. So it is, it's, it's really amazing. And having a framework of, of the impact of that, I think is, it's pretty, it's pretty necessary. I definitely want everyone to know about it, uh, adults and kids. So I agree with you. I, I think that's a fantastic example. So question number four is this, beyond Bitcoin, what is a resource, tool, or idea that's been helpful to you or your business recently? So for me, this is going to sound a little weird. I, I know most people probably would actually cite something like chat GPT. Maybe they'll cite a book. Um, the thing that was on my mind, and I, when I've heard you ask this of other people, the thing that actually is not Bitcoin per se, 
but almost all Bitcoiners understand it. And that is the, the Austrian economic concept where you discuss load time preference as a mental framework. And I bring that up, I, if I could give a, two quick examples. For me, I, I read that in, I think it was the Bitcoin standard and I kind of did the, ah, okay. And everybody's seen the marshmallow test videos, but it, it was a short time after that that I really started to look at things differently. And I will tell you, I've only, I, mean, I went down the rabbit hole in 2020. I now eat differently. I eat a healthier diet. I monitor my sleep. I drink less alcohol. I exercise regularly. I am, I have personally kind of incorporated that. And from a, a business standpoint, getting back to what we're talking about today, for me personally, this actually is the reason that we are where we are with free market kids today because I, I had my job eliminated in, in October and I had to make a decision. Do I pursue a fiat role that is going to be deeply unsatisfying and I keep trying to do games and things on the, on the side for the kids or do I look at the long term and what do I want to do in the long term? And so is it worth it in the short term for us to take financial risk and build something in the Bitcoin space that is actually very, very fulfilling from a, just a, just kind of filling your soul kind of experience. And that's, that's where I am today. I, I think that, can you imagine a world where business leaders actively applied load time preference into their business and where would they be in five years or 10 years? I, I just, to me, it's, it sounds like a very simple thing. You kind of nod your head and you're reading the books and you're saying, okay, that makes sense. But if you actually take that as a tool, it's going to pay off and maybe not in the next week or, or, or month. But to me personally, this has been instrumental in my personal life. And it is the reason that most of everything that you've seen and read about free market kids has taken place in the last five or six months. It's specifically because I applied this particular framework. And one interesting thing about the low time preference is that Bitcoin incentivizes that so much more with business owners because there are a lot of business owners. You know, maybe they didn't keep up with the tech. They didn't do the Facebook advertising and, and get on Google like they should have. But, you know, these these long term business owners who really wanted to make sure they were investing in their community and all these other things, they, they, they took that low time preference approach. But they've also found out that even though they've done great work, they're the the value of their money, of their treasury is essentially melting away. And so I love the fact that not only do we have this money that will preserve our value, if not increase our value over time, but we kind of go back to those, what we would consider more old fashioned principles of just like showing up and really investing in a place for the long term. I love that. And uh, so I appreciate you bringing that up. So our final question, we call it our arbitrary but insightful question is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? As a, as a father, as an educator, I love it when you look at kids and they just keep asking why they can apply that seven why technique naturally. And I love learning things for myself. But in context of what we're talking about today, I have to say why not? And it kind of goes back to the last, the last question. And I think some people have heard stories like Jeff Bezos had a nice bank investment banking job, but he saw what was going on with the internet and 
would he regret not doing that more than maybe trying, you know, having tried it and it not working out. And to me, that that's where I am today. Why not? Why not put everything we can into try to make free market kids and, and do something with our passion for Bitcoin and for the passion for education? And, and just kind of, I'd rather look back and say, I got on the playing field. I tried to do something. Uh, my part is not to write code. I'm not like an official podcaster or anything like that. What can I do to contribute? Well, we are homeschoolers. We have a passion for education. I also happen to like games. How can we work these things together and make our mark in the world? And if it doesn't work out, at least I know that I tried. I put my mm. precious time and my precious resources into something that I believed in. And I will never regret that. So for me and for the context of our conversation, I would say, why not? Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high net worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice, it's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Well, what a great transition to the main topic for today, which is free market kids. For longtime listeners, you may uh, think that sounds familiar, and that's because there have been a handful of Bitcoin meetup spotlights we've read across the last few months that have talked about uh, using free market kids uh, games at their meetups. And so now we get to talk to the source today. And so, Scott, I'm really excited to hear from you about all sorts of things you guys are doing and maybe uh, into the future, what you're looking to do as you develop the business. So if you could just share with us a little bit about what Free Market Kids is, and you've already shared a little bit about why you started it, but go into that a little bit as well. Sure. So for Free Market Kids, so my wife and I met in business school and we're homeschoolers. And yet we felt a little bit of shame because we, we just kept, it, it was like the harder you worked, you still felt like you were further and further behind. In context, now I have a framework to understand what was what that was. But we we were passionate about making sure our kids had that they were financially literate. They understood money, and and so for me, free market kids is it's not just Bitcoin. Bitcoin happens to be the most important part of that today. But I think understanding Austrian economics, for example, the time preference that we just talked about, 
that is something that I would love to develop some additional tools around. But if you, if you look at it, we, we can't, what are we going to do in the future? If, if, if our kids don't understand how, how money really works, like we have no hope of really changing things and having the, letting a, them have a better future. So free market kids, the, the mission really is what you is you read off there. And in terms of where we go from, uh, where we go from here, well, we, we want to make an impact. We want to impact as many kids and honestly adults too. Cause when we talk with these, uh, at meetups and when we go to homeschooling conferences and talk to, we're talking to parents there too, everybody really needs the education side of this thing. So we are, we're going to keep on building the tools to teach Bitcoin and we're going to try to figure out other ways of expanding that. So I have a lot of ideas on other things we want to add just with the game huddle up that we've talked about, we would love to. So one of the things we're working on is another version that we're calling a school version to try to lower the price so we can get it further out that the game that's on the, the website now is a, is a low time preference game. It feels really nice. It's nice and heavy, nice, solid pieces. But if our mission is to educate, we're like, okay, we got to lower that. And then how do we, how do we go even further than that? Can we make an online version? Can we get it translated to Spanish and French and other languages and really get this as far as we can just to help teach what Bitcoin is? So a lot of those things are on the uh, kind of on our on our radar, but they're going to take they're going to take a while to really develop and get get this particular game out as far as we can. But that's where we're going to start, and then we'll roll out new games and and other books behind it, and try to keep adding and make a nice collection of of tools for everyone to use to either have fun with and just play, or if you want to take it and go to the ed- uh, deeper on the education, it gives you a starting point to understand things that you're not going to learn in public schools and you're not going to learn from our central planners. So we're going to keep doing our part to make a difference, to teach as many people as we can. So I know you're a big fan of homeschooling. We've talked about that some already, and I want to delve into that a little bit more in just a minute. But first of all, let's just assume that there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who have kids, but don't homeschool. Does free market kids relate well to non-homeschoolers? Is it is it pretty applicable to a broad mm-hmm. audience, assuming that they care mm-hmm. about free market principles? Oh, 100%. 100%. My, my wife just took the game up to visit our, our oldest daughter at, at college and just did a game night with, I don't know, five or six of her friends, none of whom understood what Bitcoin is and didn't understand some basic elements of what's going on, for example, with inflation. So your question specifically, if you have kids and you're not homeschooling, yes, 100%. I mean, this is something that just because you, you maybe both parents work or there's some other reason that you can't, and maybe it's just a personal choice, you it's still your child. So at night, on the weekends, in your conversations, on your vacations, I mean, you're you have... It's a decision you make. What am I going to talk about? What are we going to, what are we going to work on? And maybe you have game night once a, a week and just say, Hey guys, we're not, we're not going to look at the screens. We, we get too much screen time as it is. We're actually going to try to do, we're trying to enjoy each other's company, have some fellowship. And you can take this game out, for example, take huddle up out and not talk about Bitcoin at all. In fact, my recommendation to people, if you are a Bitcoiner, 
and you play huddle up with people who don't understand Bitcoin, the best thing you can do is not talk Bitcoin. And so otherwise you kind of do what we did earlier in our conversation where you, people kind of zone out. But the game that when she took it up to, to play it with these college kids, she said they had a blast. They were talking smack to each other. They were playing the game. And it wasn't until they were done playing that she asked them a question about Bitcoin. And then they were kind of surprised. They didn't realize that every game mechanic in Huddle Up is based on something in real life. But you can play the game and have fun and never mention it. So you're just a long way of saying to your question, I, I, to me, this is something that if you just want to have a family event, if you want to use it specifically to orange pill somebody, you know, go for it. I think that's fantastic. But I, I happen to really enjoy games and fellowship. I'm a traditional tabletop kind of guy. And I think we have too little of that in general in our society anyway. So yeah, don't, don't, don't think you have to turn this into a whole course. It's just a game. Play the game. If they only take away from it that cold storage is better than a hot wallet, that's good enough. They don't need to. They don't. They don't need to understand about halvings and difficulty adjustments and everything else. If they can just not get FTXed, then you know that's a good thing. So, could you share with us maybe a, a few of the elements of the game that are not explicitly mm. or obviously Bitcoin, but still teach some of those principles? So, the, in the game, all the Bitcoin starts on the time chain, and there are halvings. So, the first third of the game, the first phase, you can get four tokens. Uh, if you will, as a reward. The second phase, you can get two. And then the last phase, you can get one. And so this is essentially, this is the, this is the um, schedule of how Bitcoin is going to come out. The, the first piece of the time change is, is 2009. I actually called the Genesis block and have inscripted on there what Satoshi put on the Genesis block. And then the last block that is ever mined is 2140. So you have this, this is where all the Bitcoin that will ever be, this is the schedule, the issuance schedule of it. You, if you're just playing the game, you wouldn't know any of that. You just know that that's, that's where it is. The other thing in the game is every, all the players hold player cards. They're, um, they're just colored. You have different colors and those represent a wallet. So by the end of the game, everything starts on the time chain. All 21 million Bitcoin start there. At the end of the game, all the Bitcoin is in the wallets. And so what's not obvious to someone who doesn't understand Bitcoin is this is the distributed ledger. We know where all the Bitcoin is. It's still 21 million, but it's, it's somewhere. These UTXOs are somewhere and they just happen to be in the game assigned to a color. So um, just understanding that all Bitcoins, we know when it's going to come out and it's limited and we can see where it is on this kind of open ledger that is the playing your, your table, I guess it's all going to be somewhere. And whether someone loses their keys to it or not, we know where it last went. So those are, those are some of the examples there. There are a lot of other things I worked into the game, but at a real high level, you could, you could tell everybody, this is where Bitcoin comes from. This is how it gets into your possession and you can, everybody checks on everybody else and you can see where everything is at all times. That's really cool. So uh, we can release this after your upcoming article has already been released. So if you feel comfortable okay. talking about it now, I'd love to hear a little bit about the Bitcoin Magazine article you will have by now oh, <laughs> just released. And some yeah. of the principles about how uh, Bitcoiners and homeschoolers are very closely connected. Yeah, I would love to, to love to do that. Thanks for 
bringing it up. So this was inspired because Tali and I went to um, homeschooling conference in St. Louis a few weeks ago, and we we're basically trying to sell them. Hey, these are this is how you teach Bitcoin to your your kids, and it didn't go exactly as we expected, and it was very frustrating. And what's frustrating about it is, in my heart, I know these are Bitcoiners. There are so many ways that they are similar to Bitcoiners. They just don't know it yet. And that was the inspiration for the kind of putting my thoughts down. And so what I've been tweeting about um, basically are the, I have 10 parallels basically of homeschoolers and Bitcoiners. And all the article does is say, hey, here, we went to this conference. Here's where their experience. And here are these parallels. And then each of these, I kind of explore more deeply. So I mean, we could take anyone that you want. Uh, one of them is, for example, I say that we're, we're entering the now they fight you stage. And if you look at what's going on with Custodia Bank not getting approval and you look at the Restrict Act, I mean, you would certainly think, wow, we're under attack. Well, homeschoolers you have, and it's not just homeschoolers, it's, it's parents. And I reference what happened in, um, forget the name, the Loward, I hope I'm saying that right, County in Virginia. Um, a father's, his daughter was basically raped in the girl's bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt. The school tried to cover it up. And when he came to a, um, a public, what do they call it? The, uh, the school, the school, um, the school meetings, school board meeting. Yeah. They basically were labeling him a terrorist and basically he was the enemy. He, he was, he was labeled, he was arrested. And I'm like, this is a parent trying to defend his daughter and a, a school hasn't, the administration has intentionally covered up something in order to promote and keep safe their, their kind of woke policies. So that's an example there where I elaborate in the article of we're entering, then they fight you stage. And then there's, there's other things. There's about taking ownership. There's libertarian ideas. I find that homeschoolers, I mean, they are taking self custody of education literally <laughs> with what they're doing with their, with their kids. And I think Bitcoiners understand that when I talk to a Bitcoiner and I say self custody or education, like, I don't, I don't have to say anything else. If I say that to a homeschooler, they're like, what, huh? You know, they just, it doesn't, they're, they just don't know it yet. And that was the inspiration for that. So I, I, I made a top 10 list and I went, here are all the different parallels and just kind of walk through one by one, what those, what those are. So when it comes to Bitcoin, the difficult thing is that so often people think of it as crypto, which any Bitcoiner wants mm -hmm. to keep Bitcoin separate from crypto and for good reason. But even before yes. I cared about Bitcoin, it was one of those things where to me, it's just this, why do we need it? It's uh, ethereal and like, it's not that uh, beneficial for anyone. And what you don't realize is that Bitcoin is a new iteration of old-fashioned quality hard money it takes what gold mm -hmm. is able to do and it brings it into yes. uh the, the 21st century and beyond it's such a valuable mm -hmm. thing but you have to figure out how to communicate that to people otherwise they just think that it's some tech that doesn't benefit their lives at all whereas it is one of the most important things as far as helping to order society going into the future yes absolutely and i, I even touch on that in the article that it's Hard money is not a new thing. It's just new to us. There was a time when we used to be on a gold standard and 
And then I gave examples that homeschooling is not a new thing. It's just new to us. There are many, many famous homeschoolers. And so it's, it's, uh, I've, you've heard a lot of different ways. You call it the fourth turning. You can hear, I don't, I don't remember all the different ways, but um, not necessarily new comments, but we're at a certain point in history where the pendulum is, 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 is swinging and we're heading back towards some of those more sound principles for education and for money. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure I've heard someone talk about this before, but there's something in my head about, you know, essentially old true principles reimagined. And Bitcoin is one of those mm -hmm. things. There's a lot to your point earlier about health, how we eat, what we eat, uh, maybe how we educate and what we even choose to educate with. There are mm -hmm. a lot of things that people are are asking questions about that they haven't in the past. And a lot of that is probably thanks to Bitcoin. But there are all sorts of, you know, it, it probably more than that. It's it's people in our world, it could be governments or others who are overstepping their bounds. And that's why Bitcoin was created. And that's why a lot of other things were created. You could even point to homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So uh, there, there are definitely mm -hmm. a lot of interesting elements uh, to be discussed further. But I do want to kick it back to you before we finish up today. Any any final thoughts about free market kids or educating the next generation? And then if you could share with people where they can go to learn more about what you're doing with free market kids. Yes, absolutely. So I would just reiterate the theme. I would say, listen, keep a low time preference, take deliberate action. You can get our games and, and books and maybe you can give them as gifts to people or you can use them for yourself. Tali and I uh, would love to do consulting or training if that were, if that was something that a business would like. And if you don't want to use our services, that's fine, but just stay educated, keep educating yourself. You can find us, the, the easiest place to find us is freemarketkids.com. You can reach me email, just scott at freemarketkids.com. I'm also on Twitter at freemarketkids or my personal at Scott Lindbergh 93. Great. All right, Scott, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Scott, you can find our links down in the show notes. And if you want a way to teach your kids timeless principles, consider checking out what Free Market Kids has to offer. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today